0: I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Crescents. As far as I can tell from the history of renal pathology, the first mention of the lesion resembling a crescent was by Volhard and Farr in their classic 1914 study of renal disease. In the camera lucida drawings, they called it, quote, glomerulonephritis, Roman numeral two, parentheses, extracapillary form, plates 37 to 40 and onward. They also indicated that the patient had rapidly progressive glomerulonephritis clinically. Thus, their camera lucida drawings showed a glomerulus with epithelial crescent formation to illustrate the underlying morphologic lesion. Lowline, in 1910, described a renal disease with a stormy course. As Heptenstahl indicates in his first edition, 1966, the term subacute glomerulonephritis was often used to describe the entity of death from renal failure with a very rapid course in a period of months. But this term has been used indiscriminately and it seems desirable, according to Heptenstahl, to avoid the use of this term altogether, although Volhard did use this term. In 1942, Sir Ellis and his classic work on natural history of Bryce disease, clinical, histologic, and experimental observations in Lancet, correlated the urinary signs of glomerular damage with the loss of kidney function with the morphologic findings of epithelial crescent formation in the kidney. He introduced the term and called this rapidly progressive renal disease, a part of severe type 1 glomerular disease in his classification. In 1956, Arnold Rich at Johns Hopkins proposed that crescents are produced by the proliferation of glomerular epithelial cells in coagulated blood that had spilled into Bowman's space. The term crescent comes from Anglo-French croissant, C-R-E-S-S-A-N-T, which comes from old French croissant, C-R-O-I-S-S-A-N-T, related to crescent of the moon. Modern French croissant, C-R-O-I-S-W-S-A-N-T, comes from the Latin crescentum, the present participle of, let me spell this, C-R-E-C-E-R-E, meaning to come forth Spring up, grow, thrive, swell, increase in numbers, or strength. Applied in Latin to the waxing moon, luna crescens, but subsequently in Latin mistaken to refer to the shape and not the stage. I guess I should have taken Latin in high school. The original Latin seems preserved in the word crescendo. This last is not an inappropriate word, considering the progression of renal disease, showing a crescendo of crescents. Although now lost mostly in the mists of history, the International Committee for Nomenclature and Nosology of Renal Disease in 1975 defines a crescent as, and I quote, a buildup of several cell layers in a crescentic shape caused by the proliferation of parietal glomerular capsular cells and probably also of the visceral epithelial cells of the glomerulus. The cells rest in a framework of fibrin, basement membrane, and collagen. Many investigators, such as Helmut Rinke, now believe that the visceral epithelial cell proliferation ability is quite limited and that these podocytes play little role in actual bona fide true crescent formation. A great many works primarily in the 1970s through the 1990s, attempted to discern the nature of these cells in the crescents, such as those of doctors Holsworth and others, utilizing the available histochemical and immunohistochemical markers of the day. Both parietal epithelial cells and migrant monocytes from the peripheral circulation have been implicated in the production of cellular crescents. You notice we don't use the word epithelial crescents. It is possible that the type of cell in the crescent formation may be related to the type of underlying glomerular disease or the stage of the glomerular crescent formation. It is probably similar to murder on the Orient Express where they all, the cells, do it. The early crescent formation is often usually associated with fibrin and other growth products in Bowman's space presumably through breaks in the glomerular basement membranes. Advancing crescents, fibrocellular and fibrous, show basement membrane and collagen. If there are adhesions, interstitial collagen type 1 and 3, presumably through breaks in Bowman's capsule, are found in the advancing crescent formation. We don't like to utilize teleology in modern day medicine or science but as Dr. John Hoyer once told me, that the crescent formation is a bit like a production of cells in order to tamponade the kidney, the glomerular tuft, from completely bleeding out. Irrespective of that statement, crescents are histologic markers of severe glomerular injury. As Tony Seymour once stated at an International Academy of Pathology meeting, all glomerular subepithelial deposits, humps, are not created equal. It could be suggested that all crescents are not created equal as well. The most recent short definition of a crescent from the latest edition of Hepton-Stahl's Pathology of the Kidney states, Extracapillary glomerular hypercellularity, other than the epithelial hyperplasia of the collapsing variant, of focal and segmental glomerulosclerosis. Although for years it seems the diagnosis of crescent formation was easy, with the advent of FSGS collapsing type, this has led to the complication, the challenge, of determining whether the hypercellularity in Bowman's space around the glomerular tuft is a true crescent, or what could be termed a pseudocrescent. Observing the glomerular tuff for collapse versus compression, the presence of GBM breaks or Bowman's capsule breaks and fibrin by IF in Bowman space may help resolve this occasional dilemma. Other glomerular extracapillary hypercellular lesions include the adenomatoid glomerular capsular proliferation noted in kidneys from young patients with advancing disease or even tubularization with proximal tubules coming into Bowman's capsule and lining it. Prominent parietal epithelial cells or capsular drops or adhesions with changes in Bowman's capsules need to be distinguished from true crescent formation, but this is usually quite easy. Crescents can be seen in virtually any renal glomerular disease. The term crescentic glomerulonephritis in the past has been used if 50% of the glomeruli contain crescents, a sort of an arbitrary percentage. Other authors have used the term crescentic glomerulonephritis, with as few as 20 to 30% of glomeruli showing crescents. Other authors have felt that 80% of the glomeruli need to show crescents in order to merit the diagnosis and the very poor prognosis of a crescentic glomerulonephritis. In our practice, a posse-immune glomerulonephritis with glomerular tough necrosis and even a limited number of crescents is termed necrotizing and crescentic glomerulonephritis, posse-immune type, which is consistent with an ANCA-driven process. Obviously, immune-complex glomerular processes, such as lupus or IgA, can lead to crescents, as can NIGBM disease. So, crescentic glomerulonephritis is, as Stanley Robbins used to say, a lake fed by many streams. In our experience with the Southwest Pediatric Nephrology Study Group, the SPNSG under Dr. Ron Hogg, once the percentage of glomeruli needed to show crescents was determined, the concordance rate between pathologists approached 100%. As an aside, when the SPNSG was studying the 50 cases of pediatric crescentic glomerulonephritis, we were surprised at the number of biopsied tissues showing breaks in Bowman's capsule. Thinking that this was a new exciting finding, we went back in history and, as usual, found out that this had been seen and reported by the renal pathologists that seemed to be everywhere in the literature Dr. Jacob Churg, one of the fathers of renal pathology in the U.S., Dr. Ramsey Cotran once asked me, as I was pursuing the idea of breaks in Bowman's capsule allowing the ingrowth of interstitial fibroblasts with collagen 1 and 3, if breaks in Bowman's capsule was really needed for the ingrowth of inflammatory cells. I was sure then, but I still don't really know. Finally, It should be noted that the term rapidly progressive glomerulonephritis is not equal to a crescentic glomerulonephritis since a person can have the clinical syndrome of RPGN like syndrome, classically defined as doubling of the serum creatinine over a short period of time, usually weeks or a month, without crescentic glomerulonephritis, as can be seen in AIN, ATN, TMA or infection-related glomerulonephritis, and also vice versa. It is important, in my opinion, to count the number of glomeruli with the various types of crescents, as well as the total number of glomeruli not showing crescents, along, of course, with the degree of interstitial fibrosis as a harbinger of a poor prognosis. Recent experimental evidence suggests that the glomerular tough necrosis breaks in the GBM can be caused by a number of injurious agents and that T lymphocytes play an important role in crescent formation. Who would have thought that? Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.